work through the 12 steps in 21 days by Freddie Fine's book. Actually, I agree. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, picking up with the solution to mental health fitness. When uh, in context of your addiction, what is your understanding of the word powerless? This is the second day, step one, day two. Yes. Um, yeah. Repeat the question, Emil. When viewed in context of your addiction, what is your understanding of the word powerless? You know, what I found interesting when I came into recovery was my understanding was that I'm powerless over my addiction. But what I've learned is that I am powerless over so many things. Yes. Um, and I think the most important thing is that I'm powerless over life. And that is the the, 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 uh, the thing that I'm using in writing my next book. Okay. Is that we are powerless over life and we'll always stay, stay powerless over life. Life is going to happen whether exactly. we like it or not. Yeah. Um, and the best that we can do is to make the best with what with what happens for us in life. So in the beginning of my recovery, my focus was on I am powerless over my addiction. Mm-hmm. Now, as I've been clean now for eight years and what nine months, um, I realized that I'm powerless over so much more. Mm-hmm. And the quality of my life depends on how I respond to to what happens to me in life. Mm-hmm. So that that's a huge thing that happened for me. And yeah. I'm writing my, my, my second book is about that. Is the oh, fact wow. that we are powerless over life. Life's going to happen. But we we can choose to respond to it in a different way than, than we are. Like Facebook, that's just not like operating Facebook, exactly, on and yeah. the link that I've just tried yeah. to So we just we sat here calmly and, and did what well, we could. Well, I got a little frustrated still. So, yes, so I, 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 I was definitely... <laughs> I was very frustrated and I was I was I was brimming and fuming inside. And I realized that because it's in my mind, I've done all the research, I've done all the planning, been persistent and I think articulate in the way that I've gone and written everything out, posted it on my Instagram, posted it on the Twitter, but somehow even put the timing in, done the effort, but it still does not do what I think I intended it yeah. to do. And that shows me that I am powerless. Um, exactly. Life is going to happen, whether and- we like it or not. And, and the best is that I know I don't know anything. <laughs> that's the, that's where it's like I know I'm an I know even now I I, I would say when, when when I get asked by a sponsee or somebody in the fellowship or a person that is going through something, I can only relate. I cannot really coach somebody. I can't tell you about relationships. I'm terrible. If you want to know how to be single, you can ask me. <laughs> uh, if you want to know, you know, so, so go to whatever your marriage counselor or go to go see a professional. And the, the irony is, I don't even think professionals that. And the best thing is, you meet somebody that's 
80 or 90 years old and the wisest 80 or 90 year old person tells you well I don't even know what life's about and that is what it's about it's not it's about not knowing the concept of humility exactly is to 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 know that you don't know yeah and it's it's it's, it's a, a cultural thing as well where why would I look why would I if I'm also spiritual why would I abide to a, another human being why would they be the main source of wisdom. I don't think any human has that ability to be everything. And that's by also knowing that if I really believe in my spiritual higher power, for me, God, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna counsel another human being for that kind of information. I'm not gonna, you know, like ask that kind of an opinion from Somebody that can also make a mistake. But if, and they don't admit that. The thing is, if you tell me, like, straight up, like, I've tried this, I've made this mistake, and try this, I can guarantee you that is like, that's where people are starting, that's where this is helping, is it's actually allowing us to be honest. It's allowing myself to be honest. And, and why this kind of question is so, and I like the way that you rephrased it. Um, you, you say powerless, and it's just, it's everything. It's not just an addiction. It's its so much more than just an addiction. Um, in life in general, it's whether it's a financial, whether it's success, whether it's anything that I think I need, or actually more, more it's not my needs, it's more my, my wants that normally become this. Yes. Um, yeah, and just to be happy without anything as well, uh, it, it grounds me to that to that point when I know I'm powerless. The only fact that I know that the day that I've been born is that I'm probably going to die. Well, it's only reality. It's not sad. Yeah. It just makes it like I get value for the time that I'm alive and that I should be very grateful for. Exactly. That. And appreciate every day for what it is. Yeah. Also. Exactly. So you, and then you said here in your second question of the second day, of the first step. <laughs> Explain how your addiction has been active recently. So yeah. If I look at my life at the moment, I honestly cannot remember the last time I wanted to use mm. a drink or a drug or even sex. Mm. Um, my addiction at the moment plays itself out in terms of codependence. Okay. Um, I struggle to accept my powerlessness over people. Mm. <laughs> well, that's um, okay. my, my codependence comes out in control. Yes. So I want, I think, I believe that my safety lies in the outcome that I want. So therefore, I, I try to control situations and people. To get the outcome that I want, and I get very, very despondent when that doesn't happen. Okay. Um, as it comes to also what what I really need to focus on, what I what what this part of my journey is about is accepting that I can't do things for my clients. I cannot control them to f follow my guidance. No. 
and um, sponsees as well. Sponsees and clients relapse. Exactly. It's going to happen. But up until recently, I used to take it quite personally. Exactly. Sponsees, strange enough, I was okay. Um, yes. From the first time in the meeting, I said, a sponsee relapsed on me. Yes. I thought, wow, that's arrogant. How can a sponsee relapse on you? The, the poor person relapsed. It's got nothing to do with you. It's their journey. Um, but I think clients are different because, you know, they're your bread and butter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and also, I used to think that if a client relapses, it's going to be a reflection on me. People are going to say, Freddie Counselor doesn't know what he does. Mm. And I now accept through the journey of codependence, I realize that, you know, no. I, I cannot force people to act in a certain way. No, exactly. Yeah. So that's where my powerlessness lies now, and that's where my addiction presents itself now. Okay. Um, and codependence has definitely changed my life. So if anybody out here who's not necessarily an addict, um, people can do a codependent program. There's so much to learn. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I guess as well with with this, it's, um, it's anything mind-altering. To me, it's a mind-altering substance or mind-altering... Doesn't even have to be a substance, but I guess everything that can be perceived as a something that can be used as a substance, and, and that that's it. That's how even it's, it's electronics. It's mm. there's so many. However, we cla- clarify and classify that substance, I think is irrelevant. It's what it does to the mind, and I think a little bit of dependency is not the worst thing. It's, it's, if it's contractual, if it's an agreement that's made by two parties that know where they stand, that are honest, you've also heard you say expectations of future resentments. So, so, so that is something where it's, it's, it's like you set an expectation, but if two people set expectations or agreement, and there's enough that you've that they leave enough room for the possibility that the agreement might not be able to be met. Or they are able to then, if we have a debate, a healthy debate is always where two people have the ability to compromise their position to form something even better. And that is also how knowledge is shared. That's also how everything is better. Everything is improved. Why this is also... If I can actively, if I can say where I've been active in my uh, existential affirmation that I'm seeking out of anything else besides myself to make myself happy, mm-hmm. which is then this question: How has it been active? How has it been active? It could be through wanting more money, through uh, obsessively eating. Um, screaming at somebody in the street, mm-hmm. losing my temper for absolutely no reason, not looking after my needs, that's simple, not getting enough sleep, not mm-hmm. getting up on time, not working out, not eating healthy. That is part of my addiction. That is part of my addiction. And then feeling guilty about that. And so taking that on everybody else that's around me. And that's that's what I realized. So it's like self-discipline is one of the highest forms of self-love. 
And a lot of people don't notice that and don't get to that point in their recovery. Yeah. It's that concept of, you can really think of it in a way that if you make a decision that is not healthy for you, mm-hmm. then you are consciously choosing to hurt yourself. And you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Engaging with an ex-boyfriend, for instance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or an ex-girlfriend. Or an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Or, 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 or engaging in any form of social interaction where you know that, that you might actually walk out of it feeling feeling worse than you did when, when you engaged with it. Mm-hmm. You have to stand back and say, why am I choosing to hurt myself? Exactly. That's, yeah, that is self-sabotage, self-harm, and and that's why this question is so nice, because it gives me the ability to avoid that kind of self-sabotage. Absolutely. And, yeah, why working in this kind of a book and this kind of a program really is beneficial. Three, how are fantasy, preoccupation, and obsession about your addiction a part of your life? Oh, oh, oh. oh well, that's interesting. <laughs> I think, hmm. for me personally, I think fantasy was possibly my first addiction. Okay. Just the need to escape the year and the now, the reality of, of, of what my life was. Um, but... I think at the moment, a big issue for me is obsession. Okay. Is, you know that, and I think most of us, most people struggle with it, that something happened and you don't agree with it or it hurt you or it influenced your ego or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now you start playing that conversation in your head and you can't let it go. That's a way that, that my obsession plays a big part in my life now. Because what that means is that Freddy as he is now is struggling to accept what he is. Correct. So part of Which is part of the powerlessness as well. Yes, accept yeah, yes. I can't change what happened. I can't change the fact that somebody hurt me. Yes. So the sooner I can I can process it with a friend, with a counselor, with, with whatever, with my God, yeah. um, and accept accept what is. It is. It's happened. So for an example, I meet this girl, uh, let's say her name is just for a case. Her name is Sarah. And so we, yeah, we hook up. Then... I'm like, cool, Sarah's actually quite nice. And we start messaging each other, talking. Then I realize Sarah and I click, okay. We're actually just more friends. But I go and I I don't realize that. I think Sarah is the one. Sarah, and I start imagining walking on the beach with Sarah. And and the thing is, media actually promotes oh. so so what I think is like it's a way to escape reality. Yes. And and now I'm thinking, oh I'm gonna eat something with her, I'm gonna do that I've already bought that. I've moved fifteen years in yes. a, in, a, in advance. Because I think Sarah's gonna make me feel happy. Absolutely. And then I go I start messaging Sarah, I start calling Sarah. I'm, I'm becoming obsessed. Mm. And and that is where 
it's not and then, and I love how it's labeled as love. That's not love. Yeah. That's that's not feeling fulfilled within myself. Absolutely. And if I'm not fulfilled within myself, I'm going to go and seek this for Sarah. I'm gonna go and seek that X. Yeah. And continue to pursue that. Absolutely. That's a huge part of, 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 of I think society's problem is that it's it's it, it's a lack of self-esteem. Yeah. So we don't believe that we have the ability to make ourselves happy. Exactly. So we can seek that happiness from outside, whether it's in a person, in a drug, or in whatever. And by obsessing about whether the person's going to call you yeah. or how the date is going to play out, mm. you're not in the moment. No. When I met my husband, mm-hmm. I he is absolutely atrocious with the telephone. Okay. He can go days without having his phone with him. It's just not an important well, thing that's in a his good life. Thing. No, yeah. it's just not an important thing in his life. And we lived in different cities. Because so I would send him a message and he wouldn't respond hmm. for hour, two hours, three hours. And I started getting obsessed about this. Why is he not responding? My happiness depended on him hmm. answering that message. And eventually I actually thought about not seeing him anymore because of that. Mm. And then a friend sat me down in recovery and she said, is this really going to be a deal breaker for you? Mm. He is such an awesome person. And I had to realize that my happiness does not depend on him answering a message. Mm. My happiness depends on me being happy. Mm. And I need to work on that. And that was a huge thing. So now I accept kind of he doesn't, that a phone is not an important attribute in his life. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't answer, it's not about me. It's so not about me. <laughs> to me, it's 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 especially now. Two businesses. I I answer my emails. I have so many people that message me, and then call. So the last thing I'm going to think about is messaging somebody that's needy, yeah. that wants attention, that wants a reaction. Yeah. It's just. It's just like the self-respect I give myself is not to, is not to react and not to reply. And I think it's a, it's a, it's important that you said you were able to find the ability to be okay with somebody not responding yes. and letting go from the fact that you need that. Yeah. And that's a, it's a big process. It's a big part to take. I, yeah, I also have that. I also have that in, in my own, in active. When I was completely not aware, I was also acting out on this. I was completely also, if it was, yeah, you know, meeting this girl once and then thinking, I want to marry her, yeah, almost straight away. That's just crazy. Yes. How, how, how can you do that? How can you meet somebody and you just want to? <laughs> exactly. It's too much. Yeah. Now, now the thing is like. I know it's an instant world and instant gratification and things do happen fast. But that's the point for me. It's how can I know somebody when I've met them once and I've looked at photos of them? That's not knowing them. Yeah. Everything Absolutely. that's everything that's posted on social media is a portrait. It's something that is there, it's a marketing tool. It's how people market yeah. themselves, smiling all the time. It's also not normal. I mean, life is this way. It's like, you've got good days, you've got bad days. You have days where you're happy, sad, and 
everything. Yeah. Typically, you know, if you bump your toe, doesn't mean you're going to be miserable all day. Just because you're a little bit tired doesn't mean you weren't happy in the morning. But you're allowed to go through that. Yeah. That's the more things. Is if I'm not feeling 200%, like you said, you're tired now. I'm also not feeling as sharp as I was this morning. Because I did a lot of work. Yeah. And I woke up really early. And I exercised. And I did this, 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 and this, and this. I'm going to weigh down. Mm. That's the thing of being a human being. Yeah. All of us. On that topic, I just quickly want to say one of the most powerful things I've learned recently is that I have the right to decide whether I'm going to answer my phone. Yeah. <laughs> just because my phone is ringing doesn't mean that I have to answer it. Just because there's a message in my inbox or an email in my email box doesn't mean that I have to answer it. No. That's the power that I have is to decide when it is convenient for me to answer those things. Exactly. And as a result of that, your life is not manageable because you're in a calm state. And because you're in a calm state, you make rational decisions, and with rational decisions comes a calm life. Absolutely. And you can still be busy. The the, the funny fact is that I'm the busiest I've ever been doing more things because I'm actually conscious and because I actually am now in charge for once. The, that's the whole thing is the powerless. If I'm powerless, I have to pick up. If I'm powerless, I have to reply. If I'm powerless, my life's going to end. It's almost like that kind of a. And I'm, I mean, I was completely powerless over anything. And, and that's the whole thing, yeah. And that's, that's where, as a child as well, um, and I think a lot of people that come from some abusive background or post traumatic stress or. Any kind of disorder, you know, depressive thoughts, depression, to escape, or that I've gone through something bad, and it's it's only I think every human. See, I'm no different to anybody else. I'm the same. There's nothing special about me. Yeah. But 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 what I did when I was going through tough times was to go into my head and create a new story. So that's where my creativity, which is a good thing, which is amazing, it's how I cope, and it's how I think everybody copes, is once we feel a little bit uncomfortable, this movie starts to be directed in the brain. And the moment that movie starts, glorious things happen. <laughs> and also, the, the opposite, it can be a horror movie. So, so for some people, or I used to also, direct these horror movies in my mind when I was in a good time. Now that's just how how the hell do you do that? (laughs) That's just by not by rewiring it. But I remember as a kid I would create these awesome movies that allowed me to escape Mm. horror. That allowed me to escape anything that wasn't as I saw the world. And as I saw the world Pure and was full of hope and was full of gratitude. But every time that it was taken away by a curse or by somebody, you know, being against me, not understanding, which is okay. You know, mm. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody <laughs> has one. Everybody talks to And it's okay. And if you don't understand what I'm thinking, it's also okay. If you don't understand my bigger vision, my dreams, my passion, you don't understand me? It's fine. I don't need a big crowd. 
I can be a loner with two friends and I'm happy because I know who I am and I know what I'm working on. And I know that the passion that I have for life is real. And I know the love that I have as a child that I received is real and that God loves me and that my God sent his only son on the cross on the cross to be crucified for my sins. And that's why I will cuss, that's why I will every now and then. I won't try to live a life of extreme anymore. It's like it's extreme moderation. Moderately extreme. <laughs> it's like I have fun as well. You know what I mean? If we so ser- if I'm so serious, why why live? Why live this life when I know I'm gonna die? Why? What's the point? Um, yeah. I truly believe that we were not put on earth to be in a dark room and be us. Mm. We are put on earth to be out there, to contribute to life, to be happy, yeah. to live life. Yeah. Right. And the, the, yeah, this, this, just to finish with this question, it's, it's, a, it's a good question because there are good things about this. Fantasy is not necessarily bad. Absolutely. Creativity is not a bad thing. Mm. It's how we per- perceive it and why we're doing it. This is why to what extent we engage? Yes. Mm. And, and to realize that that is what it is. Yeah. If we know that that is what it is, then it's cool. Then it's healthy. And because we're doing a sort of a mental health training, that's why once I realize that that is a good part for me, I can sort of move on from it and make a positive impact because of it. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. I love this. That's a very nice question. For list five things you have done as a result of your addiction that you are ashamed of and will feel guilty about. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we don't have to give our answers now. <laughs> the crowd is too big. I think, the, I think the important thing that I'm trying to bring in, in that question is the fact that <laughs> all of us, have done things in our lives that we are ashamed and we feel guilty about. Exactly. It's important to to realize, I call it the baggage that we carry in life. Yes. If I choose to carry that guilt and shame with me on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. it makes my life heavier. It makes my soul heavier. Guilt and shame are possibly two of the most wasted emotions ever. Or feelings ever. Mm. They don't serve us in any way. And we don't have to hang on to that question because we're going to move in the next steps. Yes. We're going to, 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 to get the tools of how to deal with that. Yes. And that's really, really important. But the bottom line is that if I hang on to guilt and shame, I am wasting energy, I'm wasting mind space, I'm wasting um, being present. Yeah, it's it's just it's a hamper. It's such a such a hamper. But yeah. but, but also you've just got to let go from it and, and move on in your life because it's just gonna weigh you down. It's, it's like it's like at least you say okay, yes, I fucked up. Yeah, exactly. I fucked up. I did this, this, yeah. and this, and this, and this. Change it. Okay, done. Yeah. Cool. Boom. Take like you said. Off. Bye. And <laughs> the rest of my life. Yeah. Woo. Absolutely. Oh yes. Yeah. You know, like if I know I can get past the worst things that I've done. How nice is my future going to be? How nice is today going to be? Because I have no more attachment or guilt towards something that happened then. I think of it as for every little guilt and shame that I I have, that I hold on to in my life, 
It's like putting a little stone in my pocket. Exactly. And I go through life with these stones in my pocket that just weigh me down. Mm. And that's possibly one of the most amazing things in recovery. One of the first things we get taught is a serenity prayer. Yes. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I cannot change what happened yesterday. Mm. So if I can can let the guilt and the shame, if I have any of that with me, can I, if I can get to accept that, then I can live today without that guilt and shame. Awesome. It's there was this I, I had this uh, moment where there was this institution or facility, and you know, people book in there because of their problems, and so this is woman and I'm I show up on late. Quite. And there's a lot of resentment towards me and anger. Everybody in the room. Um, obviously, I know this. Because I just feel it. And then I, I make a little joke. And I'm like, rather late than never. Did not work in my favor. <laughs> it just like frowns. And they were. And it was close to, yeah, so it was close to like bedtime for the people there. And and so I was like, and they just wanted to moan about me being late. And they're like, excuse me. And they went off at me. And so then I was like, well, I'm in this room. I drove here, I came all, made all the effort to talk to you, to help you. Yes, I was late. But we can bitch and moan about how late I was. Or you can listen to the message I helped. Actually. That is your choice. Yeah. Up to you. I can also argue with you on the fact that why do I have to drive you? Why do I have to help you? Well, I'm receiving nothing. Oh, yeah. Okay, feel. I can be that cynical. I can be that negative. But that's why those people were in that room. Yeah. Is because what their lives have had come to was this disbelief, was this ungrateful attitude, inability to realize what life is about, inability to know how to move forward. And that is because they most likely don't feel, don't, they don't even know, they never knew even why they were there, why they were ashamed. And I could tell them. There was a woman that was 60 or 80, but she, she acted like she knew everything. And she told me what I needed to hear. And I told her, well, you're sitting in the room. I'm here to talk to you. <laughs> I'm 26. 20, yeah, at that time, 26, I'm 26 mm. years old. You're 60. All that I know, and I don't know a lot, is that two years of my life has been the best two years of my life because of a program that I've been working on. And because of this new way of life. And that's as simple as it was. You, you, or, and then I, I made an example and I said, you can either be the person that is 60 years old that knows everything, but that sits in the room and that needs help, but then tells everybody that they know everything. <laughs> yeah. And how can you move ahead or, or learn or enjoy life or see any pleasure in it and learn? If you are that clever, so that is a problem. It's a quite a predicament if you're that smart, um, and and I think that that was just sad. That there's there's this thing where 
when I build up these expectations about myself, about others, that is what happens. I'm not happy. And it does happen to me as well. Like, I need to work through a question like this. I need to work through counsel, to talk to somebody, to have a couple of people that I'm honest with. Even this question, the five, what have I done as a result that I'm ashamed of and I'm feeling good? I can talk to a friend about that. I can talk to my higher power. Mm. I can talk to a counselor if I, if I like. But writing it down eases it to the point where I can then go and give it over to somebody. One of the most powerful things ever is when you, we learn that shame dies on exposure. Yes. If you're ashamed about something, open your mouth, tell somebody about it. Yeah. Because if you don't, then I, I, I call it we give the shame the mushroom treatment. Mm. Keep it in the dark, feed it shit, and it is going to grow huge. It takes over your whole soul. Yeah. It's not worth it. Open your mouth, say it, get it out of your get it out of your mouth, get it out of your soul. Yeah. So important. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Next for a shame. There we go. <laughs> Five is here. What have you done recently when acting out or on your addiction that goes against the person you are? Ah. Or who you are as a person, yeah. yeah. Oh. Hmm. The big thing about that question is to prove to us that when we when we're not in a spiritual space, as in, in addiction or in normal life, we do things that go against our moral standing. Yeah. I know as an addict that I did so many things wrong, and one of the things was to use. I didn't want to use, but I truly felt I had no choice. Um, and even though it was against my, 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 my whole moral fiber, I could not not use. But the same can go for, for us in normal life, is for as long as I stay connected to my higher power and live a spiritual life, I will act morally. Um, and that, that sense of morality that I have now is to make healthy decisions for myself, and in the decisions that I take, do not hurt me or to hurt other people. So I ask myself the question a lot when I need to make a decision is, is what I'm going to do now going to hurt myself or others? And that is my kind of moral code that I have at the moment. And if the answer is no, then by all means, go ahead, do it. If the answer is maybe, consult it. Consult it on it. If the answer is yes, don't do it. <laughs> and that that's a sense of morality that I have now in my life. Okay. But I didn't I didn't have that choice of morality when I was in addiction. Yeah. And a lot of us feel in life we feel hopeless that we don't have choices. The thing is we always have a choice. We always have a choice. And that's hugely what I do as as a, as a counselor. Yeah. Is I help people to see the choices they have. Because if you're so deep in it you can't. So you now have a life with a lot of different choices and Absolutely, options. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also um to keep it simple, yeah, for me, it's, it's um, I see it as a point where I'm able to just get on, and in the beginning, I, I definitely intellectualized everything way too much, <laughs> and now, now it is, now it's a, for me, but that's, a, I, what you're saying, there's a very important thing for, especially in the beginning of it, but then there's almost like, 
this point where I know all I have to do is be fine with me, with the way I feel, and that I'm a good person. Yes. But that's all. That's all. That's how simple I make it. I'm going to make mistakes. Of course. I'm, right. I'm, going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to still probably fail a lot. I'm going to probably sin in, 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 in multiple ways. So I've accepted that. But as long as I do everything with a good heart, then I'm fine. So this is just going to help me get to the next point easier. That's the way I said to myself. Um, and, and why even now there's very little where I, I know that I act on my election because of this kind of a question. Yeah. And because I keep on, I go and I, I, I work a program every day of the rest of my life. It's my sort of way of doing it. It's like, there's no point for me. It just makes everything easier. It gives me more time. And when my mind is in check, even when I'm working, the value of the work that I do is quite high. The concentration, the effectiveness, the the possibility of success because of my mind being sharp is higher. Yes. And that is what where where it's like it's like we have these machines to we, we have the technology, we can have solar power, but we drill fuel and we burn coal. coal. Why? Because it's our mentality. Because we're we're not able to move along in life. Mm. So as the human the human mind, the, what we're comfortable with, in in a sense, is where we want to stay. Yeah. So if, if I'm this unhappy, um, unmotivated, I'm not open-minded, I'm not honest, and I'm not willing, this it's very it's going to be very difficult for me to move on from coal to solar. It's just, it's just going to be impossible. Open-mindedness. Yes. I think we discussed that last time, yeah. And, and that's the whole thing. Is, it's, it's we like have this. choices. There are other ways of doing things. And it's that's always the, there. Yeah. That's the whole thing is to always try. Mm. Is to always improve. We can, we can never, some very important things come up for me now is that the first thing is that we can never do better than our best. No. As long as I go to bed today, whether I stuffed up or not, mm. Did I do my best? Yes. That's okay. That's good enough. Probably one of the most important days of my life was when I was two years clean. And my counselor said to me, I need you to look at me and concentrate. You are not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. Because I truly believed that I could become a perfect, whatever that means, human being. Yeah. Um, the thing is that we are going to act immorally at stages. It's just the, how... The thing is to fix it once we've done it. That's how and we've been made, exactly yeah. Exactly, we are, we are human beings. We were not made perfectly. It's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Cool. And, and yeah, awesome. How does your personality change when you are acting out on your addiction? Hmm. <laughs> I think that's an easy one for me to answer. When I'm clean, sober, and living in recovery, and live spiritually, yeah. I'm actually quite a nice guy. Mm. Let me abuse, or let me start obsessing and acting out. I become an asshole. Yeah. Bottom line. I just don't consider other people. My needs and my wants are the most important. 
and I will do anything in my life to get to, to be to get what I believe I want. And that's good. Yeah. Then yeah. I'm not asked. That's unhealthy. It's a very unhealthy way. You know, I, I know for myself as well. I I become completely detached, cold, manipulative, mm. uh, just self-centered, egotistical. There's a there's a whole list, and uh, it's it's this um yeah it's quite a scary guy and the the guy I become as well aggressive oh gosh very aggressive. <laughs> And, and yeah, I mean, it's, but it's also okay. These, some of these things are okay, even if, if put into perspective, but it's that inability to notice anything than the obsession. And it's that blindness, the blindness that, yeah. that is where it's dangerous is there's no sense of reality. That closed mindedness about Absolutely. what we do it. Absolutely. No, and how we hurt ourselves and other people. That's just not there. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's just idle. <laughs> yeah. List the seven. List, list the measures you have taken up to now to control or stop your addiction. Hmm. What is? Oh my word. Um. I love that word, control. Yeah. Because control relates to powerlessness. Is when I try to control, I'm not accepting my powerlessness. And the opposite of that is surrender. It's to sit back and to breathe back into what what whatever whatever it is, whatever whatever is happening. The minute that I try to control something, I have to ask myself, what's going on for you that you have the need to control the outcome of the situation? And in active addiction, I worked so hard to control every single thing, not just my using, but yeah. I, one of my favorite TV programs was a program called Andy Richter Controls the Universe. You're probably far too young to remember that. Yeah. Andy Richter worked in a bank. He was an arbitrary clerk in a bank, and um, he had he would play out situations. Something would happen, and Andy Richter would go back afterwards and he would control the situation better yeah. and he will get another outcome, the outcome that he wanted. And that's why I lived my life. I truly believed that I could be the Andy Richter and control people and things yeah. so that I can get the outcome that I want. And that is so, so self-centered. And that that's not living in the spirit at all. Because I truly believe that what I want was the right thing. Yeah. Not considering that anybody else, any, anybody else's needs or anything that goes with that. And what I've learned in recovery is that other people have needs too. Hmm. And I have no right to take to take the possible fulfillment of those needs away from them. Hmm. That is, yeah, it's that's very true. It's, it's, it's being conscious of everybody around us um, and able to know that everybody's the same. Everybody needs to poop, to sleep, to eat, and yeah, enjoy life. What, what really upsets me, and this is kind of more existential, is the way we are trying as human beings, trying to control nature yeah. for our own gain. 
Well, we sort of need to. That's what makes us human. Yes, but again, like anything in life, the yes. minute you put two to it, that's true. We are going. We are destroying where we live. That's yeah. But that's too much control. I have a counter argument to to that, but I think I think um, I think humanity has never been this prosperous, this wealthy, this fat, this happy. <laughs> uh, in terms of that, yeah. with people becoming what 80, 80 like living until they're in their hundreds. Yeah, as ne- like on a massive scale. So modern medicine, it's just it's it's. Having the consciousness to know that that is where it's heading, that is what you're doing, I think we're just more aware now. I just think with, with the way that, that everybody knows what's going on, the media is saying, well, this place is this, this. Yeah. And it's, it's inevitable. It's, it's, it's us versus them. It's humans versus nature versus animal versus which primate is winning. The human is winning. We always seem to like readapt and recreate something. There were plagues, there were all these different things. They humans were always yeah. destroying the environment. Well, that, that's what I want to say now. Is I truly believe that our need to control is going to destroy us. That's true. That, that, and that, that could that's destroy exactly what happened yeah. in my life. Well, it's, it's, it my might destroy need, us. Not necessarily. Yeah, we're, still, we're still able to change that. I don't think it's fact, I think it's a, it's I think a good... I think we're way beyond, but anyway, that, that's opinion. a completely different yes. discussion. But that's my need to control my universe yes. destroyed me. That's yeah. That's absolutely what, 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 what happens to you. So now that today, is not accepting the powerless. You know, but being powerless yeah. over the fact that... Exactly. Like, if, if there's a crack on this cup or something, so what? Yeah. It's just a material thing. It's something that's there. It's, yeah. Yeah, I might improve my life and I might have a couple of sips out of it and it, it's enjoyable to that, but mm-hmm. is it going to take my life away now? But if it cuts your tongue, then maybe it's inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to end my life. Um, but the bottom line is for me, the, today when I realize I'm trying to control a situation, I need to stand back and say, well, what's going on for you that you can't accept what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And that's important. Awesome. Yeah. So that's the one. One is never enough. A thousand is never mm. too many. One is um, too many, and a thousand is never enough. There we go. Yeah. Um, and and that's the whole thing is is I know that there's no moderation for me mm. once I start. Well, now recently, yes, I'm I'm a lot more relaxed and I'm a lot more accepting, and that's been helping. Eight, how is your addiction influencing your, you financially? Oh, wow. <laughs> An actors completely destroyed me. Had investments, really worked hard, manual labor. I went to a different country and started with nothing. And I built myself up. So I'm somebody that's quite proud to say that. Never given things just like that. I've always had to work for where I had to be in life. And... Um, and that was taken away because I was incapable of actually realizing what I've earned and what I've built. Yeah. And I was ungrateful towards that. I always still wanted everything to be given to me. And and that's the whole thing is I think that addiction can do that. It's 
I met a doctor that was a, what's it, a prestige when they give the medication anyway, anesthesiologist. Yeah. And if that's an etiologist, there we go. And, <laughs> and, um, and so what happened, this guy was at, he was at 50 and he was a top, he flew all over the world. He was requested. He was at the top of his field. And he ended up living in Cape Town under a bridge. Lost his wife, mm. his family, his profession, paper bag, living in a trolley. Now, that is crazy. That is crazy how addiction can take somebody that seems so stable, and that's just a mental health. If you don't look after your mental health, that is what can happen. If you think it's more important to be wealthy, if it's more important yeah. to be all this, you put everything on top of that, it's easier going to be taken away. And that's the things I'm powerless even over that control. I can have everything perfect, everything planned. The Facebook time, everything I thought was perfect was planned. <laughs> I'm waiting there, trying to hit the, the things to go, and it doesn't go. Yeah. That is life. <laughs> and the, that question has nearly a, 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 a deeper and wider meaning as well, in terms of if you're not living the life you want to live today, mm. what are you really losing? Yeah. What are you giving up? By, by obsessing about the boyfriend, mm -hmm. what are you missing out on in this moment? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that, that type of thing. It's really an important thing that if you're obsessing about the one thing, there are other things happening that we've not, that we've not seen, that we've not get. Yeah. And that, that's most likely. It's like, I'm working really hard, earning all of this, but I'm still giving it all out. But I really, I'm working hard, but I'm still not happy. And that's what happens in addiction. It yes. doesn't really matter what I'm earning, I'm always going to be poor because I'm always going to have to spend it on something that makes me feel <laughs> like I'm in worth mm -hmm. something because I don't find that's any value know. in myself. Yes. And that's the whole thing. That's, that's why even uh, now, if I can put it on a practical present moment to who I am right now, I'm so focused on, on my bit. I don't need to focus on anything else but myself. And, and I'm the happiest I've ever been because of that. So the business that I want, the visions, the dreams, everything that I'm pursuing is all, that's all. Everybody I message, it's only to do with business. It's only to do with where I can take my career further right now. Because I know I'm ready for that. I know I'm ready for that next step. And, and that's the way that I can do that. And that's how I can say financially, I'm ready to open up again. I'm ready to put the bank, put the money in the bank, you know, that's the thing, I'm ready to build that fund up, and I have a bigger vision, I have a bigger, because of that, it's like, I want to do things, I want to influence the, the community around me, I want to, let's say, help with mental health institutions in South Africa, where communities are almost killing themselves, where people have got gang violence on the streets, and there's like this darkness over them, instead of sending them to prison where it just gets worse and it's like a multiplier effect, they just join the gangs 
Now I would take them and actually help them, teach them a new way of life, and how they can live in, and, and add and give them skills and this new like hope on, on how to build their communities, how to be either the dad, how to be a you know a good husband, a good father to your children, how to treat a woman properly. How do you really? How am I a gentleman? You know, do I do I show these kinds of values? Do I respect a woman? Do I really look at her and give her the the attention? And that doesn't mean hours. That means the minute I see her, that I capture her in that moment. That moment of the complete connection is more valuable than spending five years with somebody and you're never really Absolutely. there. And that's the thing is what addiction yeah. is like. It's being there but not really there. Addiction robs us. Yeah. And the one thing that recovery has taught me is it taught me the value of things. Yeah. Um, and it gave me the, 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 the ability to make healthy decisions to um, to appreciate that value and to hold on to, to, to what I have. Hmm. We're almost. I think we need to. We almost need to. Hmm. So we have, yeah, we'll, we'll finish off with your the last uh, running here. Today was a quick one. Or oh, I guess not really. <laughs> Once we get going, we get going. The concept <laughs> of powerlessness can be debated at infinitum. The basic principle, basically, just there's an infinite debate on how powerless we are. The basic principle here is that we cannot control our addiction. Once we engage with our addiction, we lose the ability to ignore it. We get roped in and cannot break free. Some of us experience freedom from addiction for a time, even for long periods, but always go back. And once we are back into addiction, all heads are off. And on today off. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Here we go. Two off step one. Two, yeah, and we'll be doing this again. And thank you, Freddie, and everybody. Thanks, guys. Nice spending time with you. Ciao. Cool.